0: On the block on demand. Without Jerry McInmore, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not ten.
1: Tobito pop pass end zone. Touchdown and the ball game. Tavito in relief wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing and a mix. It is over! The Boston Red Sox! Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna shout. Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were gonna win by 20. And the celebration begins.
0: This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's x Men. Ah! ESPN Radio 97.7 100.1 ESPN Radio You The 96.5 FM Heard wherever you are Whatever you Are doing Via the ESPN app scene On the magic of Twitch Hello Twitch friends Would you like to be a Twitch friend? Who doesn't want to be a Twitch friend these days? Here's how you do it. Twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. That is the web address on the internet, which they have on computers now. You will find us there. You will find this show. You will find Orange Nation. You will find SportsZilla. You will find Dino Baber's press conference. You will find other selective programming here. But most importantly, in this moment, you will find this show. You will find us In a visual experience, you can see here into the inner sanctum, into the studio, all the craziness that ensues during the show and during commercial breaks. Because during commercial breaks, when the radio listeners go to commercials, you on Twitch do not. You stay with us. We turn the mics on. Well, they're always on, basically. And you get to hear what's happening during the breaks. We have our own. Segments with you during breaks. It's a great time. Yesterday, you were helping me solve a little dilemma I had. I cannot find my Canada dry pomegranate and cherry seltzer anywhere anymore because I love Wegmans. They're the best. But for some reason, Wegmans stopped carrying it. So these are the important conversations we have during Twitch breaks. So join us at twitch.tv slash Talk. Join us on the air via the live chat there. You can chime in as much as you want on the chat you can do it the old-fashioned way here at 437-7644 brent axe media on twitter as well looking forward to turning the page to pittsburgh today and starting to talk to some people throughout the week who could tell us about the number 25 rated panthers craig meyer is one of the best to do it craig is a a beat reporter for pittsburgh athletics covering that a beat for the pittsburgh post-gazette and craig's going to join us right here in this hour in about 15 minutes Impressive win for Pittsburgh. Certainly, it was Austin P. And it's interesting because Pitt has had some close calls with some FCS teams in recent years. They wanted to make sure that was not the case this year, and that that's their one, the plus one. Syracuse is plus one outside of the ACC. It's Liberty in October. Maybe the I don't want I don't want to see football canceled. I don't. I, I want to see eleven football games. Let's just say you know. I wouldn't be too upset if that one didn't happen for a number of reasons. But they don't get their non-conference game until then. Pitt had theirs out of the way. It was essentially as close to you can get in college football in terms of coming out of the gate with an easy opponent, getting an advantage in the sense of what Syracuse didn't get, right? That gimme game to start the year, get the blood flowing, get everybody out there. Pittsburgh put 70 Players on the field, 70 against Austin P. the most in the Pat Narduzzi era. So we will discuss that. Kenny Pickett, this amazing Pittsburgh defense, uh, the matchups that the Orange will have in what I'm not going to call a must-win game, but I feel like big picture, long term, if Syracuse is going to stay in the conversation, if they're going to stay relevant, if they are going to keep your interest, as we're going to get into here shortly, if they are going to be a six-win football team at the very least, I feel like they had to split one of these two games, North Carolina and Pittsburgh. So that's why I stress, in a sense, right, because I think you've got a lot of ground to make up if you go 0-2 out of the chute with that tough road slate and all things considered with the Orange. So what are the Panthers going to bring on Saturday noon kickoff with pregame coverage right here on ESPN Syracuse with yours truly, the Amtrak Syracuse football pregame show presented by Ferron and Son Funeral Home and charles heating air conditioning plumbing and electrical so craig will join us here this hour we'll talk about the game plenty throughout the program uh hot takes eddie o had some interesting things to say about his team's interaction with the coronavirus which is basically oh yeah we've all had it already in my bad eddie o voice oh yeah we got herd immunity now okay Right. So we'll get to that. Uh, MLB is going in a bubble for the playoffs. Did a Nebraska official on a hot mic. Mics are always on. First lesson in radio. The mic is always on. Did he reveal uh, what the Big Ten going to announce later today? We'll get into that. Giant fans, wonder how you're feeling after Monday night football last night. By, by the way, I'm going to get electric shocks under the desk from Bristol for saying this, but congratulations <laughs> To ESPN for putting together back-to-back, competent Monday Night Football announcing teams. Way to go. Took you about 15 years, but I think you got there. Fantastic. Our boy Steve Levy, Oswego grad, out there killing it last night. And uh, look, can Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet stop being so good at calling NFL games? Because we want to keep them in college, please. We, We like them calling college games. Not that they call Syracuse games that often. I'm sorry, that was that was rude. That was that that give me the thing for that. Yeah, that, that, that cut deep, man. I'm sorry. They called the the Clemson game last year, or was that McDonough? But anyway. That means it's not true. Anyway, here's where I want to start today with Syracuse football with Craig coming up to give us the nitty gritty, the X's and O's, the breakdown on Pittsburgh here shortly. I mentioned this a moment ago that I feel like and look, it's a long season, we hope, right? There's 11 games on the slate. It's a different year. I feel like no matter, and I've said this on the show yesterday, and I will say it to anybody that I talk to on or off the air, they blew that North Carolina game. They had it in their hands, quite literally in in a sense, when you're dropping touchdowns in the end zone and wiping punt returns off the board and just killer mistakes, self-mistakes, as Dino Baber said yesterday, that cost them in that
1: game a lot of self mistakes or a lot of times we shot our own selves in the foot and uh you know that's a good football team we all know it's a good football team and we knew we had to uh really do things right to win down there in, in that situation but I thought that uh for three quarters it was a heck of a football game we just needed we just left too much meat on the bone uh not only offensively but the one touchdown that we gave back in special teams that's
0: Dino Babers in his zoom with the media yesterday. Thanks, Brian. You're welcome, Coach. Thank you. So that's the specifics of that game. We kind of got it out of our system, and you look towards Pittsburgh, which I think will be a tougher game for Syracuse in a lot of aspects, but could some improvement happen, some adjustments, some needed things that keep Syracuse in that game? Because going on the road this year is, is interesting, because there's no fans. Syracuse and Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh has dominated that series, in the last 20 years or so. So there's a lot of things going against the tide here. But I'm not just thinking about that game coming up, as Craig and I will discuss, in about 10 minutes. I'm I'm thinking big picture here because one of the annual conversations we seem to have, whether now, week two, week three, whenever the case may be, it depends on how the schedule plays out. But one of the conversations we tend to have is that usual well, what's the attendance going to be like at the Carrier Dome? What's the interest in the team? It's it's a real gauge crowd size has always been a very interesting conversation in this town. You know where I stand on at the Fairweather 10,000. I I know it it cuts deep to hear it and some people don't like it. When I say this doesn't mean it's not true. This is a Fairweather sports town. It is. It's a fair weather sports town. There's a, a fair weather 10 or 12,000 or so, somewhere in that range, that show up to games, be it Syracuse football, basketball, whatever the case may be. Uh, when it's buzzy, when it's something to do, when people are talking about it, when you feel like you kind of have to be there, 2018 felt like that. The Clemson game last year felt like that. And other recent examples, the Duke game, the Georgetown game in basketball. I mean, Syracuse basketball has a steady, consistent, and what I would say, sizable fan base, right? But it's the Fairweather 10,000 that fills out the dome for 35,000 people for Duke. A good, solid ACC game that a college basketball town appreciates gets about 25,000 people. So you get what I'm saying. It's a conversation we've had a lot. It's one gauge. It's not the only gauge. Now we have social media interactions. Now we have, you can look at it a number of ways. Ratings. Uh, merchandise sales and but it's a feel, right? The unscientific way to measure it is just walk on the street, see how many people are wearing Syracuse hats and jerseys, which in this town there's always like a consistent line of people that do it, but you see more, right? You see some some very orange hats and shirts, right? when when teams are doing well when there's a buzz behind it. Well, this was a weird year to generate interest and buzz for a a lot of known reasons. And what hurts is, and I'm not complaining here, trust me, I understand why it happened, but you had a, a training camp shutdown. Media was not allowed. Media access is somewhat limited as it is, but it's just weird now, right? You didn't get that usual run of what you see on the local news, what we discussed on this show, I mean, Syracuse.com, I think we did a good job covering the team as best we could. But it was a weird off season. It was a weird training camp because half the time we were talking about, well, are they even going to play, right? And after a while, people just kind of tune it out. And they're like, wake me up when there's football. Well, there is football. They are playing, but it seems to be always hanging out there. Well, we'll see how long they play, right? Pittsburgh didn't have seven players on the field last week due to... COVID procedures, not COVID positive tests. They had some inconclusive tests and what they deemed a COVID procedure. So we'll get an update from Craig Meyer on that when he joins us in a few minutes. But we can't have the attendance conversation in this town this year for obvious reasons, short of Cuomo swooping in and Cuomo being Cuomo. It'll probably be the day before the Georgia Tech game. Hey, you guys can go now if you want. (laughs) Great. Thanks. But. I don't think there's going to be anybody there, even a percentage. I think they're going to ride it out with this whole mandate that, yeah, we're not playing before fans. And the reason I'm skipping ahead to Georgia Tech for a moment here is if this team goes 0-2 and they play the way they play Saturday, the way they did against North Carolina, well, you and I both know how fair weather this town can be and they're going to flee, the The general interest, the buzz build up, the fairweather 10,000, as I like to also deem it on this show, the mom test, right? If you have a mother like mine, who, even though her son is in sports and she listens to his show, hi, mom. And But my mom's not a sports fan, per se. She's interested when things are interesting, to put it a, a certain way. But, you know, she couldn't really break down the running back situation with Abdul Adams and Jarvion and Howard out. But she likes to ask general questions. Again, that's the buzzy feel, which there is a lack of. And it's not the fault of the program or the team fully. But ultimately, hey, you're playing football, so should I be watching? Or should I be going apple picking or doing the usual f- fall activities that distract us away from a football team? It's a weird way to judge it. I think we have to be patient with it, as we have to with the team in some ways. I'm not saying you can't be frustrated with how they lost that game on Saturday. Because I was, and I described it on the show yesterday, there's a thin line between reasons and excuses. But man, if they lose this game, I think we could see people just kind of turn the page and move on quicker than ever. There's always going to be a base. There's always going to be, this is a a town that will follow the team, they want to know how they're doing, but I can always tell by the questions I get asked and the feedback that I get in certain ways. And that's just it. If people are asking me questions when I see them at Wegmans or whatever the case may be, because look, if you're listening to this show or if you follow me on Twitter, there's a certain level of interest that you already have in the team. I'm not talking about those fans. Those fans want the, the meaty... Nitty-gritty, X's and O's football stuff. They're always going to talk that. Consider yourself to be or know somebody to be a fair-weather type fan. And I don't mean that as an insult. It's just, you know, people are, are busy. They have lives and they live in Syracuse. They want the team to do well. They're just not necessarily a diehard. I could tell by the questions those fans ask me. Oh, well, how are they doing? Hey, what time's the game today? As opposed to, you ready? Noon. Let's go, man. Right? Like, you can just tell there's a difference. And right now, this football team is teetering, only after one game, I think, on what kind of questions I'm going to be asked about them. If they can go out, beat Pittsburgh, bounce back from a week one loss that they let slip right through their fingers, and they're 20-and-a-point underdogs, the offensive line is not going to get magically better in one week. Tommy DeVito is not going to all of a sudden like stand up in a meeting this week, like, Eureka, I see it. Like the reads that he's missing and everything, it's a progression. It's not going to be a snap of the finger. Dino makes some adjustments and all of a sudden this team is fixed. I think we know this is going to be a process. How patient you'll be with that process, how patient, especially fans that are not diehards, are not, and certainly Kind of get it like, yeah, they didn't practice in the offseason. What does that mean? It's like, but hey, they're playing, right? Like, they're going to drop like flies if this team loses Saturday. And then eventually, if they, and this is a tough schedule and everything that has to be factored into these conversations, but reality is reality. It's going to be tough in the middle of the season to talk to a Syracuse football fan if they're not showing improvement and not being the team they could be. And, you know, I'm just, it's a hypothetical here. But if they continue on a certain path, it's going to be tough to talk, hey, come on, man, be patient, right? And all those things that I'm saying right now, it's just you're not going to be able to do it. You're just not going to be able to do it. Even in a weird season, even when 2020, man, it's – if anything, fans want to feel normal and analyze their team and discuss their team in a normal way. How Syracuse does on the field Saturday against Pittsburgh is going to go a long way in determining – how those conversations will be held So let's find out about that Pit Panthers team Dino said it last week You're telling me there's a chance Does Pittsburgh fit that description as well Craig Meyer from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Does a terrific job covering all things Pitt Panthers will join us next You're on the block ESPN Radio We're in our Burdick BMW opening drive We're coming back after this You stay right there is On the Block with Brent Axe. Oh, Tommy! What's going on, man? What are we doing on this Tuesday?
1: Let me run with you tonight I'll take you on a moonlight ride
0: Great to have you on the block, ESPN Radio. There's someone I used to see But she don't give Always hard to turn petty down. So let's get to the point. But well, let me get
1: to the point. Let's roll another job. Oh turn We can do that. I'm too alone.
0: We so were talking Syracuse Pittsburgh. Get ready for that one. We heard earlier from Craig Meyer of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette tomorrow. Chris Peak from Panther Lair will join us. So one of the we only bring you the best, right? These are two of the best people out there that cover Pittsburgh, all things Pittsburgh football and basketball. So we'll hear from Chris on the show tomorrow. We were just discussing the matchup and and Pitt's defense. And look, they're legit. They're buttoned up. That is a good defense, top to bottom. How the Syracuse offense adjusts to that, what they do, particularly what Tommy DeVito has to do to adjust in a week what the offensive line has to do to adjust you just there's no game one, you build in a certain amount of kind of room for error, margin of error for mistakes for first game mistakes, lack of practice time in the offseason, all that that kind of starts to whittle as we go here and you really don't have time. That great meme, ain't nobody got time for that. This is a good Pittsburgh team. Here's what uh, Dino Baber said about Tommy DeVito and kind of that lack of scrimmage and normal practice time and how it affected him in Game 1.
1: I think that everybody improves greatly from their first game to their second game. He has not had a scrimmage or a game since the Boston College game last year. Okay, He got a certain amount of plays. Uh, In August, we had nothing in March, and I think that this throwing game is the thing that gets left behind because they didn't have an opportunity with the pod situation to practice the way they normally do in the summer. So I think they're going to be much better this game out.
0: Now, on that note, Coach Babers here on how big is your playbook right now and how does it grow as the season goes?
1: You you, You have to grow. There's no doubt you have to grow. It's smaller. It's smaller. But as the season goes, then the books grow. And uh, there's a mental part of this game as well. Someone used to say, Oh, he's just but he's nothing but a dumb football player. I'm like, if you've ever seen what they got, there's no such thing as a dumb football player. Okay, those guys have to learn a lot to be out there. And not only do they have to answer the question, right, but they have to answer the question with that much time, right? Now, they don't get them right all the time. None of us do but they better get them right most of the time if we're st- standing out there watching them. So uh, there's the, gr- the playbook will grow. It's a little bit smaller, but uh, that's okay. We've got enough in to do the things that we need to do. It comes down to execution on offense, defense, and special teams and minimizing your mistakes. If you minimize your mistakes and you, and you capitalize on what you're good at and do, it, and do it well, then in most football games, unless you're playing a, a, a very superior opponent, you're gonna be in that game for a while and then you gotta see which way the ball bounces. So, you know, is the playbooks a little bit smaller? Yeah, but that's that's not a negative or a positive. The book will get bigger as we move along, but we got more than enough of it in right now to do the things that we need to do on the people we're playing.
0: Not to compare sports to politics, but I'm going to in, in this instance. Yay, democracy. Don't worry, we're gonna stick to sports. But here's what I find interesting about the position that Dino is in and kind of how we select who we want to vote for for president of the United States, right? If you are a a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter, and I'm I'm not making this about politics, but just to use the example of who's running. If you're a CACTO supporter or a Balter supporter, pick your race, whatever it is. And you say, that's my guy, or you say, that's my gal, and, and you dig in, and you defend, and it just gets to a point where, any criticism of that candidate becomes Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. If you are a Dino Baber supporter, and I would consider myself to be that, I would consider myself to be somebody that is being realistic about the expectations of a football coach in this season, given that wild offseason they went through. We played the clip a moment ago, and that applies to the coaching staff, too, and the coach himself. That applies to making changes to the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. That applies to everything that has happened up to this point. But it's going to get harder for somebody that would put themselves in the camp of a supporter of Coach Babers to dig in and defend if this team can't improve if this team struggles if this team at least on the surface right now and I don't want to make any sweeping judgments off of game one but they have really got to make marked improvements in key areas and they've got a tough schedule to do it and they don't have time on their side and they've got all the looming factors around there now if if, god forbid the season just gets interrupted and they only play seven or eight games then that kind of takes care of itself but if they do play 11 games and this team doesn't show the progress they need to, if they don't get that kind of wow type of win, if we don't get a game that garners the Dino Baber speech, right, if you got to electrify not only the fan base that follows you and supports you, and like I said, it will dig in on their candidate, no matter what evidence to the contrary is presented to them. Now, you watch Biden and Trump supporters argue on Twitter they both make valid points about the other side right well if you're a baber's defender then what you're going to dig in on it's again it's kind of like a president presidential candidate the farther back you have to go the less that looks good for your candidate right if your defense is the clemson win from a couple years ago the Florida State win from a couple years ago, the 2018 season itself, all these things count and they matter and they can't be brushed aside. You wanted a contract extension for the coach, you got it, right? Like all these things, they all matter and they are all certainly valid. But the problem with 2019, before all this nonsense we're going through this year, the problem with 2019 was it was an uninspiring year. There wasn't a signature moment of that year until Trill Williams ran back that 94-yard fumble for a touchdown. That was the last play of the year. Other than that, it was kind of let down. DeVito was hurt. The offensive line fell apart. Game day didn't come. Clemson game was great up until they played the game. There were 50,000 people there. It was a great weekend. There was a buzz in town. It felt good to kind of be a part of that conversation again. But you don't need me to remind you of... It didn't go well hence the changes being made but that's the other thing see when a candidate for a political office especially this time of the year they start looking ahead as much as they say this is what I did in the past two years as a congressman the past four years as a president or a senator for the last six when they start looking back that's one thing this is what I've accomplished but this is what I want to do well as a coach Look, Syracuse has made some big recruiting wins. They got another one last night. As our friend Mike McAllister put out there and others reported on, there was a, and we talked to Mike about this last week, but there was a wide receiver that Syracuse was hot and heavy on, Orande Gadson, who had offers from ACC, Big 10, Big 12, SEC teams. He's from Fort Lauderdale, Florida prospect, committed. To Syracuse last night Syracuse In the last three weeks Right or my timing might be off there But recently with Deuce Chestnut And with the defensive tackle They got last week whose name is escaping me At the moment pardon me for that Both Two of the highest rated recruits That Syracuse has gotten within You know whatever time frame you want to pick Certainly within the last five years So when you look at it like a political candidate, when you start to dig in on, on Dino, whatever the case may be, are you defending more what he's done or what's to come, what we think's to come? They signed a contract. I mean, no matter he doesn't have to run for office. They signed him to a contract extension recently. But if the team doesn't give you the moments this year, if this team doesn't show something here, and I'm just thinking out loud, It's only one game, and I'm not overreacting over one game, but the issues that could get in the way of that, the offensive line, the running game, I think the defense looked great on Saturday, but I think we kind of know there's going to be struggles there when they face good quarterbacks, and there's a lot of good quarterbacks that are on their schedule, including one they saw in week one. So what will be more to come? What will the conversation turn into if this team continues to struggle? They go in the hole 0-2. Georgia Tech's a better team. Let's just say for argument's sake, they go in the hole 0-3. Much like an election season, people are going to start to get pretty impatient the closer we get to election day. If you're undecided and you're waiting for the debates or, you know, Whatever moment that's going to be to sway you one way or the other between now and November 3rd, well, that's what this football team's going to have to do. If you're kind of undecided where you stand on that, what can happen over the course of these next 10 games that we hope we get that makes you dig in on one side or the other, factoring in how weird this season is, the prep is, and just how different it is. It's funny how those things kind of go hand in hand here. Are you defending what's happened more behind you or what you think is to come? Because there's valid points on both sides. As we would say in a political debate, right? But I think the recruiting wins that Syracuse has gotten lately has helped kind of temper any thoughts of, well, wait a minute here. Where are we going? What are we doing? Is this working? And again, when you make wholesale changes like Dino Babers did, which you asked for, then you got to let them bake a little bit. Okay, you can't take the pie out of the oven if it says put it in there for 45 minutes at 350. You can't take it out after 10 minutes and say, What pie now? That sounds really good, by the way. I don't know why I talk about food like this because now I'm hungry for pie. Around the block, ESPN radio, we can certainly continue to discuss this, but Goldberg has questions for all of us. We do not know what those questions are, hence why we call it the blind side. We will do it coming up.
1: Hey. Bye-bye.